You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. You're listening to the Pull Box Podcast. The International Graphic Novel Book Club. Here are your hosts, Curtis Finley and Michael Cohen. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pullbox Podcast. This is episode number 26 and I am your host, Curtis Finley. I'm your other host, Michael Cohen. Uh, before we jump into our comics, we want to talk a little bit about Patreon. We announced in our last episode that we were having a little bit of a giveaway for anyone who is a Patreon supporter, whether it's $1 or thousand uh, dollars we don't yet have any thousand dollar supporters but we're hoping to soon right? hey you can be the first yeah so that what an honor that would be yeah yeah <laughs> um but yeah we're having a giveaway we're going to be um giving away um we'll announce the winner on the 18th for a, um, a star wars round table that we're going to have um we're giving away let's see if i can remember okay. um a digital copy of jurassic park yeah and a what, what was the other thing <laughs> a $25 Amazon oh, yeah. gift card a $25 Amazon gift card yeah and um and what's the newest thing that we have to So the announce? the newest thing that we've added to the fabulous prize box uh digital prize box is uh and this is particularly cool for pullbox listeners uh, a whole bundle of digital Star Wars comics Oh, nice. So uh, I won't go into the details of all of them, but uh, yeah, there will be. Which there... Star Wars comics are they? Yeah. I I I think I think I basically the ones that we're reading. Maybe some okay. Kane in the Last Padawan as well. Cool, awesome. Um, yeah, I, well that's good. Yeah, so so yeah, I you'll you'll be able to pick those up on your your digital uh, uh, reader of choice and uh, and yeah. read through some of these Star Wars comics. And and like like I said before, we will announce the winner at the very beginning of our roundtable, our Star Wars spoiler movie spoiler roundtable. Yeah, spoiler <laughs> uh, cast. Spoiler cast. That's the word yeah. I was looking for. Um, right at the very beginning, so you don't have to listen to the rest of it and get spoiled for the movie that you yeah. may or may not have already seen. Hopefully, yeah. you have seen it. Or you know, I mean, like if. If the, the first time you experience The Force Awakens is secondhand through me and a bunch of other Star Wars fans, I mean, like, that's your prerogative. If that's how you want right. uh, to... Uh, in the early days of, uh, of Frontline's The Clone Wars podcast, the podcast that started the Thunderquack Podcast Network, uh, we had lots of listeners, international listeners, in markets that didn't have access to the TV show that listened to our podcast because we recapped every episode. Oh, wow. So they could stay up to date with Star Wars, and then eventually when they got their hands on the show, they could they could watch the show. Yep. But they would at least know what was going on in the Clone Wars. So if you're yeah. one of those people and you just want to listen to us talk about the movie, <laughs> I can't understand why you would want to do that. But, um, you know. Yeah. Well, we have listeners who listen to <clears throat> our podcast who haven't read the books and just listen yeah. to us talk about yeah, them. Yeah, for so sure. That's- yeah. So, in fact, I do so, that with other podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good. Well, well, 
in uh, in this episode, we are talking about... Oh, really quick. Oh. Patreon.com slash Thunderquack is where you go to become a contributor to our Patreon. Oh, yeah. It's not too late to, to sign yeah. up if you want in on this yeah. fantastic Yeah, you have until video. the 18th at 6 p.m. Good. Um, okay. We are reading uh, what we have read. We're going to be discussing um, Star Wars Darth Vader Volume 1 Vader. <laughs> which is a such a redundant title yeah um kind of because silly. like it, it doesn't need to be titled star wars colon darth vader i'm pretty sure if you put darth vader on the title people know it's a star wars book yeah and then uh oh the book titled darth vader the first volumes about vader yeah big surprise <laughs> so yeah but um it's it's written by uh some of some of marvel's top talent here um kieran gillen and salvador la Roca. Um, and, and the book looks really pretty. Yeah, it's, it's fantastically, fantastically drawn. Um, and of the three books that we're going to talk about on Pullbox this month, uh, this, this is my favorite, for sure. Yeah. It the, stands uh, head and tails uh, above everything else. In terms of art and story? Head and shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, uh, Princess Leia has some great art as well. Uh, we'll talk about that in our next episode. But uh, I, I do feel like... Yeah, here's the thing. Princess Leia is just a person. She can emote. Yeah. Darth Vader is a robot mask. Right. <laughs> right. right. I, having the emotions come across for that character is all about composition yeah, and lighting language. and body language. Yeah, and, for sure. And I, as we learn in this book... And as we've learned through the prequels, Vader is a very complex character, if not one of the most complex characters, I think, in pop culture. Right. Uh, and, and people really, really don't give Star Wars enough credit for that. that, that this tragic story of Darth Vader from The Phantom Menace to Return of the Jedi, uh, and possibly onward, uh, is just incredibly incredibly complex and deep and there's a lot of story to tell there and uh and if you think that there's nowhere to develop the character of darth vader because everything's already been done you'd be totally wrong because this book takes him in completely new directions yeah and tells some stories that uh that that i think really help us tie the prequels to the original trilogy and to the character that he is in Empire Strikes Back in particular. And why he makes some of the decisions that he does. So I uh, essentially this story I uh, immediately follows the destruction of the Death Star. Uh, Vader is basically being reprimanded by the Emperor for his failure to, uh, to defeat the Rebels. And in getting their most valuable resource destroyed. Well no the... The, I thought the reprimand was coming because he failed to stop the the events in the first volume of the I, Star Wars comic. So it's it's sort of it, it's it's a bit of a one two punch. Like it, immediately following the 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 events of A New Hope, he's sent to be the envoy, uh, uh, the the imperial representative, the negotiator with Jabba's envoy and then the events of the Star Wars oh, okay. Star Killer Strikes book happen but that is 
that role is already below Vader's station. Right. So like he's already like he's already been basically demoted. Yeah. Um and then and then fails at that and so is is sort of Oh, there you go. knocked down another couple of pegs. Um and in particular, one of the greatest things about this book is that uh the the commanding officer that's put in charge is uh I believe it's Tag. Uh if I'm remembering that correctly. Try and find his name in here. But um, he is the, if you remember back to uh, A New Hope, um, the, 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 the jerk guy in, on uh, the Death Star or in the, in the uh, conference room, they're having the conversation and he's like, don't try to frighten us with your sorcerer's yeah. ways, Lord Vader. Uh, that, that, it's that guy. That's the guy that, yeah, it's Tag. Um, so he goes from being... I believe like one just general tag to being grand general tag. He's he's <laughs> so he's he gets a promotion because he left the Death Star before the Death Star like before any of that stuff happened. Saying basically to go back to the Empire Emperor and say, like, this is a terrible plan. Consolidating all of our power into one battle station is a horrible, horrible idea. <laughs> and uh, and we need better strategy and putting Vader in charge of things is always gonna be a bad idea because he's <laughs> He doesn't know anything about anything. So this is the guy that Vader has to deal with in this story. Is a guy that we know he's already had conflict with. Right. And then not only does Vader get developed as a character, but Tag gets developed as a character as well. This guy who's got like three lines Perfect. and serves the purpose of just showing us how dangerous Darth Vader is. That he'll kill one of his own yeah. comrades, right? Um, just over a basically a petty religious argument. Uh also, most of their guys got blown up in the Death Star, so there's not yeah. a whole lot of people to promote anymore. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so so it 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 sort of puts Vader in this in this subservient position, um, which is not how we see him. No, right? It's very different from from how he was portrayed in the films with the information that we had, but it still rings true. Because it's the Emperor that's doing this to him. Right. And if there's any character that he answered to in the original trilogy, it was the Emperor. Yeah. Um, he definitely... It, there, there's a relationship with Tarkin in A New Hope where, you know, he definitely listens to and respects Tarkin. So when Tarkin says, Vader, release him, uh, he does it. But that's because... That, that's a if, chain of command kind of thing. It's a chain of command, and it's also... It's also... Uh, the two of them have worked together for a very long time. In fact, since the Clone Wars. Yeah, so, so Tarkin can speak forwardly to Vader and yeah. and not have, worry about his... Tarkin has outranked Anakin since he was Anakin. Okay. Right? So, uh, so, so Vader still defers to Tarkin in, in that way because he... He... he considers him to be his superior yeah whereas I, I don't think that vader really considers anybody else to be his superior other than the emperor but like right. it's a respect thing yeah as opposed to a subservience thing where okay. like tarkin respects vader and vader respects tarkin so there's a mutual thing that goes on there um which is a little bit different from how we see him in empire and jedi uh especially in empire just basically killing everybody who pisses him off yeah um but this book shows you why he has that bad attitude and why he's basically like his 
his whole aim. And I think, I think based on this story, it changes my perspective of empire that he doesn't care so much about crushing the rebellion as much as he cares about finding Luke. Right. That is his number one goal because if he can find Luke, he can train Luke and together they can overthrow the emperor and they can restore peace and justice to the galaxy because in Vader's head, he is the hero. He's always the hero. Yeah. At no point in time does he ever think of himself as evil. He thinks the emperor is evil, but if he can just defeat the emperor, then, then, you know, he can restore goodness. He can balance the force like he's supposed to as the chosen one. And uh, it's not, in, in Jedi, we see him sort of defeated in that aspect because he tries to turn Luke and Luke shows up in Jedi and says, you'll never turn me. It's not going to happen. I'm going to turn you back to the, to the light side. And Vader is like, it's too late for me. Like, if you're not going to join me and you won't join the Emperor, then you're going to be destroyed because there's no point. Like, there, So I'm interested to see what the beatdown that happens between five and six is that he's kind of defeated to that point where he's mm, yeah what the emperor does to him at that point um and once he kind of discovers his plan to recruit luke skywalker right yeah yeah um but yeah the, the his whole motivation in this book is 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 sort of to regain his power and to do that he goes back into his experience in the clone wars and he he puts together a droid army, yeah, <laughs> which is just like it, it's taking it's taking existing notions of of what kind of what we know about Star Wars and flipping it on its head a lot to explore that character um, because yeah, once he's knocked down, he then has to regain his place. And I keep forgetting, like I, I Anakin and Darth Vader are in my mind are still two separate characters. Yeah. And so when I see Vader very intricately building robots, yeah. I forget, oh yeah, this is the guy that built C-3PO when yeah. he was like five. Um, I've totally forgot that. And like, because I, I don't connect the two yeah. together. But yeah, this guy is a genius uh, and we don't give him enough credit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, in, in the previous expanded universe, he designed his TIE fighter. Oh yeah. That's why it's different. It's it it incorporates aspects of his old Jedi starfighter with the design of the Tie Fighter mm. and puts them together, and that's why like the, it it connects like it bridges the that gap, right? Yeah, um, yeah, because he is he's actually he's a mechanical genius. Like yeah. he that's he built his pod racer himself. Yeah. You do if you don't think of Anakin and Vader as one character and. Like, you'll know I do because I switch back and forth between the names depending on the context of the argument, right? So if we're talking about him fighting with, you know, uh, uh, Luke Skywalker and, and, you know, trying to defeat the Empire, I'll usually refer to him as Vader. But if I'm talking about his motivation, I tend to slip into Anakin because it is the man behind the mask that makes the decisions, but it's the the it's the outward appearance that carries everything out. So, um, and and the perspective is different depending on which way you're looking at the character. If you want 
to transform your way of thinking from Anakin and Vader being separate characters to being one character, watch the Clone Wars. Okay. Because Hayden uh, Hayden Christensen does a does a fine enough job in the original movies in the uh, not the original in the prequel movies of of bridging the gap. Um, and Episode three, he certainly gets closer. But Matt Lanter, who plays Anakin in the Clone Wars, is incredible like and the stories that they tell they obviously have more time to spend with the character because it's a tv series that spans five and a half seasons but there are some moments in that series where he isn't anakin skywalker he's vader okay and then he pulls himself back from it right whereas i don't think that hayden christensen ever like fully hit that point home um it, he definitely tries, but uh, but I think like in Attack of the Clones, it just comes off as whiny, crying when he talks about how he slaughtered all of the 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 Tuscans. Uh, he he just ends up sounding really whiny and pathetic, right? And like he's not in control of himself. But in the Clone Wars, when Matt Lanter does that sort of stuff, uh, there's a scene in one arc where uh, Ahsoka is in danger, his Padawan. And uh, so he's kind of like, he's he's kind of has a lot of pressure on him because he cares too much about people. It's kind of his fatal flaw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of what brings him down in the end. Okay. Um, and he he's interrogating a separatist. And in that scene, he slips into Darth Vader and like he starts choking the guy with the force and he's basically like tell me what i want to know or i'll just kill you right now <laughs> and like and it's not that it's not the the i slaughtered them all like animals it's the it's the darth vader like matter of fact of like i don't have time to screw around you'll either give me what i want or you'll die those are your two options there's no other choice so you know if you want to die that's it's cool by me. I'll I'll solve this problem another way. Right. Because that's very much Darth Vader, right? And and they, they do a great job in the Clone Wars of bridging that gap. And this comic, likewise, takes Vader in the classic era and bridges it back to Anakin from the prequels. Right. Um there's a lot of throwbacks to Padme, uh a lot of references, like yeah. direct references to Padme. Yeah, and, yeah. They they take shots directly from from the movies yeah and um uh, i can't i don't remember i think that it crosses over the moment is in both books where he uh yeah because it starts with jabba and then he goes and he deals with other stuff he goes and he talks to vader and then he gets back to his ship and boba fett reports um I guess he does his little thing, his little errand for Tag first, right? Um, and then when he gets back to his ship and Boba Fett reports in, he crushes the glass, right? Uh, maybe it's at the very end of the book. Maybe it's at the end of both books. Uh, oh, yeah, it is. Um, in the Star Wars book, we don't get a lot of... It just kind of happens. It just like, happens. Boba we, Fett tells yeah. him, and, and he just kind of like... He he just with the force like just shatters the viewport in front of him. Yeah. Um, in this one, we actually see what's going on in his mind as he learns. Yeah, it's flashing back to Re- Revenge of the Sith, where where Padme is telling him that he's pregnant or that she's pregnant, and then 
when he becomes Vader at the end, like when he like the suit and everything, and he says to Palpatine, "Where is Padme? Is she all right?" And then Palpatine says, "I'm afraid she died, and you're angry. You killed her." And he loses it at that point because he realizes that the Emperor has lied to him. Yeah. And like that, there, there's another, uh, there's a series that's a follow up to this. I mean, this this series continues after this book. Yeah. But it continues into a crossover story that's across all the books, called uh, Vader Down, and it's I'm I'm anticipating reading it because if it continues the story in the same way that this did, like in the same sort of tone, it's going to be a fantastic story. It continues him. in the other comics. Yeah, so it kind of like parts of it cross over into the other comics. Right. So I think that they're just being a little bit more intentional in the way that they're crossing over rather than the sort of overlap that they have in this one and Star Wars. Okay. Um, where they definitely reference each other, but um, they don't like something doesn't happen in this book and then he goes to the other book and something happens in that. It's more so like, like I said, like the same scene is played in both books. But in, in Star Wars, it's sort of from an objective point of view. And then in Darth Vader, it's definitely from his point of view. We, we see what's going on inside his head. But um, we haven't really even talked all that much about the actual story of what happens in this. Um, yeah, the actual story was interesting because um, we don't... The movies... Again, this is me separating Darth Vader and Anakin. Yeah. Um, in the movies, we don't usually see we don't see Darth Vader acting on his own at all. Mm-hmm. He's always um, part of a, some sort of um, console or, or um, group of people or something like that. Yeah. Or he's b- doing direct orders from the Emperor, like yeah. that kind of thing. But he so in this book, he he is sneaking around the Emperor yeah. on his own, trying to find out some things. So, and that, and because of that, he doesn't have his army of stormtroopers to do all his dirty work and stuff. So he is much more of an action hero yeah. in this movie than I'm used to seeing. Yeah. Um, again, Anakin's an action hero. Yeah. Before he's Darth Vader, so maybe it's not unreasonable to see Darth Vader as an action hero as well. But for me, when he puts on the mask, he purposely surrounds himself with people that can take care of stuff so he doesn't have to do it. Yeah. And then, or he can use the force to, to do his dirty work for him. Yeah. Um, so to see him kind of jumping around, jumping off things, punching, kicking and all that, it's like, it's, it seems a little weird <laughs> to me. Yeah. It, it is always, it is always a little odd. Um, when you see Vader sort of engaging in action sequences, um, I always thought that he was just kind of too weak and sickly to, to be an action hero. Uh, point. Okay, so if you want to put this in a visual context, you need to catch up on Star Wars Rebels. Oh, okay. So uh, at the end of Season 1, he shows up. And then at the beginning of Season 2, he gets in on the action. Okay. And the way that they animated him rings true to the films, but he does a lot more. Than he ever does in the movies. Okay. Because um, he fights two Jedi at once. And, and like, it, the, the difference being that, like, Anakin flips around and does jumps and, you know, is very fluid in his fighting. Vader is much more about raw power. 
And they capture that in Star Wars Rebels. So whenever I see him with his lightsaber out fighting in a in a battle, I, my brain goes to that sort of thing, which is why I loved it in Rebels because they just like they nailed it. Okay, that that he just he only moves when he has to, right? Yeah, it's right. a very it's a very like samurai I, I fighting style of of like you know uh, only moving when it's absolutely necessary um which is which is basically how vader was meant to fight originally it actually also kind of informs a new hope when you see that you know obi-wan and vader fight each other and it doesn't seem to be a very exciting they're not doing the flips and all that kind of stuff but it's it it's the result of the two of them having done that already right and realizing that it is an utter stalemate yeah. Right, because that fight goes on forever, and it's ridiculous how long it goes. Right to the point where, like, it it bugs me when I watch the movie how long that fight goes. <laughs> um, as great as some of it is, but like the purpose of that is to show that it's a stalemate. Like the fight between between Palpatine and Yoda is over like that. The fight between Dooku and Yoda is over like that. Dooku wipes the floor with both Anakin and Obi-Wan because he's that much better than them. And then when Anakin fights him again, he defeats Dooku in a matter of seconds by himself. Right. Right? Right. Like, most of these lightsaber battles are decided because one opponent is better than the other. And then you get to A New Hope and you have these two opponents who are... They're not at the top of their game anymore. But they're both so wise at that point that they and know, know each other so well. Yeah, yeah, that they know if I go left, he's going to go right, and then this is going to happen. So you just see them circle each other, and then mostly they're just playing. Like they're just like hitting lightsabers because they're out. So it's like, okay, yeah. I guess we're doing this. And, and to me, it's like it's, it's restraint. Because then when you see Luke fight Vader, you see Luke going, like, with these sweeping motions, and Vader just fights him with one hand. And he's just, like, he just stops it, and then he twirls the thing and knocks the lightsaber out of Luke's hand. And so that, to me, always implied that Vader is just so good that he just doesn't even, he doesn't have to do anything, right? Like, that's how powerful he is. So when you see him in something like this, and he is doing a little bit more, um... And he's like he's busting in, but even this sequence where where the um, Jabba's guards and everybody like open fire on him, he doesn't move. He stays in the same spot, right? Like if you really look at it and you sort of read the action, he's standing in the middle of the grate in yeah. the first panel, and then the action he 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 moves forward a little bit there, but. Just so that they can say, you know, that he didn't stand on the trap. Um, but then when they open fire, he's standing in the exact same place when they're done. Right. So he moves maybe like two feet in the whole thing. He basically just moves one arm to flex blasts right, and defeats right. like ten guys. Yeah. Right. And that, like that to me, that's Darth Vader. Like he just, it's not even worth his time to, right. to do the things that he probably could. But uh, the other part of it is that he has robot legs and robot arms. Right. And, and maybe his mobility is not yeah. the um, But uh, I, the, the story in this book, I think, is just so much more well-constructed than it is in the other two. He, he starts in one place, and that leads him to the next part of the story. Like, each issue 
has a piece of connective tissue that leads him on this path. And so like he, he notices, uh, he notices this other guy when he speaks to the emperor and this other guy, he has, he has somebody follow him basically track. He has one of the bounty hunters track this other guy while Boba Fett's tracking Luke. It's the Chewbacca. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Chewbacca bounty hunter, uh, the Wookiee. The Wookiee. Um, And then he goes and he deals with Tag. Tag sends him on a mission to fight these rebels. Or not rebels, they're pirates or smugglers or something. These smugglers have these incredible droids that they've... And, and like, he finds out where they got the droids from. He goes and he finds the person who built the droids. And he recruits her to help him build an army. Yeah. And then he finds out where this other guy that the Emperor was talking to was going. And he finds out that he's this got this secret base. So he takes his army there. And then he fights, you know, through this, this compound of flying space whales, which looks like something out of a Marvel <laughs> comic more so than a Star Wars comic. This is where it goes off the rails. I talked about this on the last issue, in the last episode yeah. about Star Wars. Is that both of these books just push it a little bit too far. And... Secret base built into a pod of space whales is too far. That's that's not Star Wars. You've gone you've gone into Marvel Comics territory with that. Right. L- quite literally Marvel Comics territory. There's in, in Guardians of the Galaxy, uh actually sorry, in the Star Lord comic series right now, uh or I guess previously, because everything got blown up and then put back together after Secret War. Uh Star Lord's nemesis was uh, his secret base was in the back of a giant space whale. So they literally pulled that out of a Marvel comic and put it into out of a out of Star Lord and put it into Darth Vader. Well, maybe so, we'll see a Darth Vader Star Lord team up. Oh, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> uh, I would I would pay money for yeah. that. Uh, they need to start doing more fun stuff like that because they can just just yeah. nonsense that isn't part of the continuity that's just for fun. Throw on Mickey Mouse and there you yeah. go. Yeah, but he gets there. He gets to the secret base. And finds out that this other guy has been tasked by the Emperor to create replacements for Darth Vader. Because Vader has been failing him too much lately. So this guy has built... He's built these two twins into synthetic Jedi. So they have rocket jet boots (laughs) so that they can leap like a Jedi. And they have repulsors in their hands so that they can do force pushes. And they have cybernetic implants so that they can move things with their minds and all sorts of stuff to to emulate the abilities of a jedi but they're not jedi and vader fights them and like very early on in that battle he's like wait a second something's (laughs) off you're not jedi i don't sense the force um and then there's another one who another person who's got like these brain implants to control a swarm of robots and um and then a, a trandoshan who's just basically been amped up with cybernetic yeah. enhancements and uh and one of them is basically a follow-up to it's a it's a mon calamari in a general grievous type body that's like general yeah. grievous 2.0 like to the point that's where really funny. the character references grievous he does. and it's like general grievous was such a it was such a brilliant design but there's always room for improvement um so it's cool and vader basically 
just takes them all out. Takes them all out, except for the except for the 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 two Jedi and the the one with the brain implants, I think. So they take out the Trandoshan and the General Grievous, mm-hmm. and and the book ends. Oh, is he still there? He's still there. So the book ends with with Palpatine saying, like, if Palpatine shows up, not knowing that Vader was basically going to track this all down, he shows up and says, "Okay, you all go out, and whoever can accomplish whatever tasks I set you on is going to be the replacement. Like, don't interfere with each other." And, that sort of thing. Um, so now Vader is basically in the Hunger Games. <laughs> I, which well, I'm fine or with. Or Pokemon. Like, or Pokemon, <laughs> yeah. Find out who's the best. Uh, yeah, so... I, which, you know, and it's it just co- the Emperor playing mind games because he knows yeah. Vader's the best. Yeah. And he knows that um, Vader's going to, to defeat all of them. Like, there's yeah. no contest there. He's just trying to belittle Vader's um, self-esteem yeah. to get him to be more more subservient yeah yeah it's just reminding him of his place yeah right that the emperor ultimately is in charge and that that he that vader can be replaced yeah i think that that's kind of that's the message is that vader has been been cruising around because the thing you have to remember is that the defeat of the death star is ultimately vader's fault because tarkin has the line in a new hope i'm taking an awful big risk going along with this plan of yours to like put the tracking beacon on the Falcon, let them go back to the rebellion with the plans for the right. death star, yeah. which is what ultimately allows them to, to defeat the empire. Yeah. Right. All right. To, de- to defeat the death star at least. Um, but I mean, Palpatine ends up making the same mistake two movies later. So <laughs> I and going like, oh, I'm so great. I'm going to just tell them where my new Death Star is and I'm going to give them the plans to make the assault. Um, but if I know they're coming this time, I'll be able to beat them. And it doesn't work out so well for him. No. Uh, uh, the force was not with him. But uh, it was it was Vader's fault. It was his plan that led to the rebellion destroying the Death Star. So. Right. His boldness needs to be Bumped brought back in, right? Yeah. Like he needs he needs to be to be reined back in by the emperor, and that's what this story is about. But it's also about Anakin Skywalker inside that suit of armor, yeah, and uh, and how much of Anakin is still there? Because if you were to go chronologically, like we talked about with the last book, uh. You go from a new hope to empire. Vader is just a bad guy. He's just a bad guy through and through. He's evil. He killed Anakin Skywalker. He killed Obi Wan Kenobi. He tried to kill Luke, but thankfully Han saved him. But he would have right. And then Luke confronts Vader, and and you find out. Oh wait a second. He actually used to be the hero of the story. But in this story. He's still the hero. Yeah. He's the main character. He's the one that you're rooting for. As the Emperor is doing all of this horrible stuff to him, you're going like, man, the Emperor sure is a jerk. Yeah. I really wish that he'd stop messing with Vader like this. And it's like, wait a second. Oh, who's the evil one here? Vader is also evil. Yeah. Like, he's also twisted. And he, like, but 
just like I said in the last in the last episode, it's all about your point of view. And when your point of view is Vader's point of view, you start to empathize with him and see why he's stuck in the situation that he's in. Yeah. And really, at the end of the day, it's all because of love, right? It's all because of his his attachment to Padme. Yeah. Um, and his inability to let go, and and that led him down a dark path. And and but. The thing about it is that when when Yoda and and Obi-Wan in Jedi basically tell him that there's no coming back. Like Vader, Anakin Skywalker is gone. He's dead. Only Darth Vader exists. You read this book and you're like that is not true at all. Right. He is very much Anakin Skywalker. He's just still very much trapped in this situation and he cannot get out of it. And he's doing everything in his power, which is a lot. He has considerable power to get out of the situation. But it's almost like the harder he struggles, the deeper he falls into it. Right. And the emperor knows that and he plays into it. So Vader goes to all of this effort and all of this subterfuge, and he thinks that he's outfoxed the Emperor, only to find out that he's played right into Palpatine's hands yeah. again, right? And that sort of it just it just makes the character more and more compelling. And this is good Star Wars. Good Star Wars makes you reassess the movies and makes the movies better, because at the end of the day, the movies are really the only thing that matters. Yeah, but all of this expanded universe, all of the the tie-ins and everything else, is really just there to help you better understand where these characters are coming from in the films and why they're motivated the way that they are. So, Star Wars: Skywalker Strikes does a poor job of that because it kind of contradicts some things. It puts those characters in places that maybe they're not quite prepared for, but Vader. It takes that character and it it peels back some of the layers and lets you see what's going on underneath the surface. So uh, for like, that, I think it's the best out of the three that, that we read this month. Yeah, I think so too. And the only reason we don't get to see that kind of stuff showing through in the movies is because the movies are not from Vader's perspective. No, they're Luke Skywalker's story. Right? Yeah, so we only get the one side. Yeah. Yeah, very much. And 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 that's the way that that story works. Yeah. So the reveal of Vader doesn't work if you already know. So yeah. uh, that's why when people, whenever anybody asks me what order should I introduce somebody to Star Wars in, it is always four, five, six, one, two, three, if you're going to do it that way. Mm-hmm. The only other order that I'll recommend is the machete order, of course. which is four, five. And then as soon as Vader reveals the truth, you go back to the prequels and you tell the story of the prequels. Yeah. But... Uh, as a flashback. Yeah, as a flashback. So that you have the context when you go into Return of the Jedi, which I think is actually a great perspective. But it also... I don't know. It, it kind of... It does color a little bit of it because really if you don't know anything about Star Wars and you're watching Return of the Jedi for the first time, when Luke shows up, you don't know if Vader's gotten to him or not. You don't know if his... Because because Obi-Wan and Yoda, like if you were to watch that movie right after watching Empire, you'd be like, Luke's in trouble, 
Because they say to him, like, if you go now, we can't help you. And and you'll be vulnerable to Vader and the Emperor. And so when you see him first in Return of the Jedi, he's choking Gamorrean guards. Yeah, and he's, he's all threatening, dressed in black. And he's, yeah. Yeah, and he's dressed in black and his lightsaber is green. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. Because <laughs> before that, we know blue lightsabers mean good, red lightsabers mean bad. What's a green lightsaber? What does that even mean? And that's why his lightsaber is green. Like it's yeah, supposed so you don't know. You're supposed to question that all throughout the movie until the point where he confronts the emperor and, and like right up until the moment that he throws his lightsaber aside and says, "I won't you won't turn me. I'm a Jedi like my father before me." So, I uh, yeah, I, I feel like you need to you need to watch four, five, six, and then go back to one, two, and three. And then you can start to dig into this other stuff. Because you need context in order for this book to be powerful. If you don't have the context of the prequels, which there are a lot of fans who don't. There are a lot of fans who watched The Phantom Menace and said, I'm not seeing these other movies. And they're Star Wars fans, or at least they call themselves Star Wars fans. And then they'll read this book... And it's there's so much, in, and they're missing okay, yeah. major parts of the story. Yeah, and yeah, those movies are flawed. I don't think it's the story that's flawed. I, I think that it's execution that's mostly flawed. Yeah, um, the only piece of the story that I'll ever say is is inherently broken in the prequels is that you don't have a villain. You don't have one villain throughout all three stories. Yes, Palpatine is there, but he's pulling the strings from behind the scene. And he's also one of the good guys. Right. So it's like he's playing a dual role. And so you don't have a strong villain to attach to. If Dooku was the bad guy in Phantom Menace and he escaped, he killed Qui-Gon, it would give Obi-Wan motivation throughout the other two movies to defeat Dooku, to capture him. (laughs) Right. It would make more sense. But... uh, you can listen to any of my other Star Wars podcasts <laughs> okay. to find to find me going into greater detail on that. So we haven't talked about um, any of the new characters that have that are in these books. Yeah, um, mainly. Well, I mean, you mentioned Afra, sort of in passing. Yeah. Um, but what did you think about her character? Yeah, she is. Um, she's one of those characters in Star Wars, like Boba Fett, who lives in the questionable area in yeah. the gray area, which is one of the things. I think that makes the Star Wars galaxy so fantastic is that, yeah, you have this great struggle between good and evil, but then you also have this wild card element of characters like Han Solo and Boba Fett and uh, the Kamino cloners in in the prequels and Jango Fett. And uh, there are these elements, uh, you get into the the Clone Wars TV series and and Star Wars Rebels, there's even more characters like Hondo Onaka and Cad Bane that it's like, where, whose side are they on? And it all depends on the story that you're telling because they can really be on anybody's side. Um, And some of those characters make huge changes, but because they're motivated by their own self-interest, it's justifiable. So as long as you can get them on board with your campaign, that's all that matters to them. So It just depends on who has more money. Yeah, so Aphra is one of those characters. Um, she, she says a few times, the second that Vader walked into her life, she knew that she was dead. Mm-hmm. 
it was just a matter of whether or not she was going to go along with him and die in a glorious, like, ball of fire or at his hand, you know, with a lightsaber sticking through her. Yeah. Um, and she chooses glory to work with Darth Vader. And I think, I think you have to use the perspective of the galaxy at the time. Vader, according to the Empire, is a hero, right? And right. this book, he's the hero. So she looks at she she obviously understands the atrocities and sort of the the bad stuff that the empire has done. She's not a stupid character. She's not naive. But at the same time, Vader is a piece of propaganda that has been used by the empire. So if you're not a rebel and you can swing either way, you're going to look at Vader and be like, this is my opportunity to work with history right to yeah, be to point. be a part of something bigger and and all she cares about is that she gets to build droids that kill things that's her primary motivation like that's what she does that's what she's all about so when vader walks into her life it's like here's this to her almost like the perfect man he's half man half machine <laughs> uh he's he's powerful he's intelligent yeah. he's all of these things that she admires and she looks past the fact that he's utter evil and that he's despicable and that his goals are galactic domination and, you know, destruction and death. Right. And, uh, there's a really interesting analog for Padme in that because Padme looks past all of the evil stuff that mm. Anakin does. I oh, mean, like yeah. Anakin says to her, I slaughtered, the women and children. I slaughtered them like animals. And she says nothing. <laughs> she comforts him and then, you know, minutes later in the film, like within fifteen minutes, they're on Geonosis and she confesses her love. Padme's messed up. <laughs> like that's it. She's a messed up character that she can have him say that stuff and then be like, but I see the good. I see what kind of a man you really are. Even yeah. if like you reacted in this way, that's it's only human. Right. <laughs> um, oh, so yeah. there's a, there's a, there's a correlation there. She's definitely visually supposed to look like Padme. Yeah. Which is hard to get across in a comic because sometimes everybody kind of looks the same. Well, especially, yeah, with artists. Yeah. And stuff. Um, but, but she is, I, there are moments where Anakin in his mind flips back and forth between Aphra and Padme. Right. And like the panels flip back and forth. And so you can see that he sees Padme when he looks at her and that's part of the connection. Um, and that, that, that's why he's somewhat merciful and he allows her enough rope to hang herself every once in a while. Cause, cause there are moments where she, she rambles and then he, he says like, I prefer silence <laughs> and, and she's like, yeah, yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then she keeps rambling and he doesn't do anything about it. Anybody else, he'd be like, you've outlived your usefulness and, and kills them and, you know, finds the next, subservient that, that he requires right but he, it can't just be darth vader by himself so you have to start introducing these other characters um yeah. i love that you introduce the the, <laughs> the mirror images of like it is literally like to use a star trek analogy 
you introduce Mirror C three PO and Mirror R two D two. It's fantastic, and and they're they're perfect. I um, I triple I zero. imagined I uh, yeah tri- triple zero is the 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 C3. protocol droid, right? Yeah. yeah, I imagine him as voiced by Mads Mikkelsen, who plays Hannibal Lecter in oh, the TV yeah. series Hannibal. He's the bad guy in uh, in Casino Royale. Um, so he's got that like. He's also going to be in the Doctor Strange movie. He's going to be in Doctor Strange. He's actually in Star Wars Rogue One. So, oh yeah. Uh, but we don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. Well. But <laughs> I just sort of like that droid has this personality of like, let's cut this guy open and see what makes him tick. Yeah. Like he's just he's that kind of like it's just so out good. of curiosity and just because he was rude to me, which is very much Hannibal. So yeah. I was like. This works for me. The red eyes and the like. He's got that accent and that air about him. So, so that was how I pictured that. And then, a, a psychopathic R two D two is not hard to figure out. <laughs> That's pretty. Like, I feel like R two is almost because R two is chaotic good. I think if you put him on a D and D alignment chart, yeah, uh, I think he would be chaotic good. Yeah, and then you've got I uh, I uh, this the the droid. Yeah, what is uh, I can't remember that that his his designation, but he's chaotic evil, where he's just like like the flamethrower comes out, and then you have to say no 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 it's okay. Bt one, bt one yeah, um, but yeah like these droids are basically programmed for destruction. Yeah, it's fantastic. So and it's a it's a nice little team <clears throat> because it reflects again it's the original team it's um. You have your Luke character, your Leia character, yeah. and your your two droids. Yeah, and I'm sure they're gonna get in there scruffy looking. Um, well, he has his Han Solo and his Chewbacca because he's got Boba Fett. And, the bounty and the, hunters, right? Right. Of so, so there's the whole team. Yeah. Right so he's got his whole crew, and they may be split up at times, but yeah, they're all there. Yeah, they're all all the characters are there. It, it's one of the genius parts of this book is that it is. It's the mirror image of Star yeah. Wars. It's, so to see, it, it, Darth Vader's the hero. <laughs> yeah, are they gonna? So is um the the rebel team here? Luke's rebel team going to meet Vader's Empire yeah. team? That would be quite the quite the meeting. Yeah, it would be interesting to see that play out. Um, but yeah, man, I I I I don't. Know, people can probably tell. I love this book. Like it 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 really I. Uh, it really worked for me in a way that that Star Wars Volume One just did not. Yeah. Um, it didn't click. So the things in in Star Wars that I wasn't able to reconcile, they became glaring issues. Whereas with this book, the things that make it strong are so strong that the the difficult, the problematic areas are acceptable. They're right. they're sort of there. It's acceptable casualties because you have to right. tell a story. So well, yeah, and so the original that. The first book we talked about last time, yeah. there, um, none of the characters were really that compelling. They didn't grow yeah. or evolve or anything like that. So compound that with a fairly simple story and, and ridiculousness of it makes makes no sense. Yeah. Um, this one, I can still kind of give or take it. Um, the I like the new characters. Um, but yeah, the main thing was that we did get inside Darth Vader's head. And yeah. it was... New revelations were were revealed in a way that that don't contradict yeah uh, and that were interesting so but that support and enhance yeah the the films yeah yeah so it was okay um it, i i still wasn't so keen on darth vader the action hero but that's just myself <laughs> yeah so yeah 
You need to get into Star Wars. I probably. guess so, you know, and... Um, and the Clone Wars. I'm, I want to go through Clone Wars now with, uh, with Peter, so... Because yeah. I, I think he'd enjoy it. Um, and once Rebels comes, I, I'm sure it'll come to Netflix eventually. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, once it does, we'll, we'll check it out. It'll make too. its way. Yeah. Um, yeah, awesome. Well, I, I guess that's it for this episode. I will be back in two months. No, we'll be back in a... In, well, we have one more episode this month. Okay, yeah, we have one, but I... Oh, yeah, so yeah, we're taking the, the next month off yeah. um, because of just the holidays and whatever. So we'll be back with new episodes in February 1st, yeah. and we're planning on reading, uh, in these two months that we have now, we're going to read all six volumes of Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. And then we'll have a big Scott Pilgrim talk. I'll probably watch the movie to refresh myself on yeah. that too. Yeah, I, I haven't watched the movie in a while. Yeah. So that'll be fun. That'll be fun. I'm going to read through the color versions. You're going to read the black and white versions. Yep. And we'll see if our opinions differ. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we both already read Scott Pilgrim, yep, right? Yep, so, totally. Yeah. Um, but it'll be fun to revisit that, revisit the movie. I'm looking forward to that. It'll also be able, good to talk because we've talked about Seconds. Yeah. Um, Brian Lee O'Malley's other uh, most recent book. Yeah, his so, follow-up. To talk about... Scott Pilgrim, now seeing kind of where he's gone and how yeah. he's progressed as well. Yeah. So that'll be good. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, I, I, as you said, we're not done for this month yet. I, we've still got one more book, so we'll be back next week with Star Wars Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but that does it for this episode, so thanks for listening. Yeah. See you next time. For more Pullbox Podcast episodes, you can check out pullboxpodcast.com to submit a reader poll. Uh, you can email thepullboxpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us at Twitter and on Instagram at pullboxpodcast. And you can follow me, Curtis, on Instagram at Curtis Bidley. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. You can, you can also find all of our other great podcasts over at thunderquack.com, and uh, that's the home of the Thunderquack Podcast Network, of which we are proudly a part. And, uh, and if you want to help support all of our podcasts at Thunderquack, you can do that by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack, and, uh, and, and you, can, you can pledge your support over there. Every dollar helps, but uh, if you're a Pullbox fan and supporter, then you'd definitely be interested in the $20 level, which allows you to get all three episodes of the Pullbox podcast, all three of our books, as one super long episode uh, right at the beginning of the month, as opposed to having to wait for the individual episodes to be released. So you can find all that at patreon.com slash thunderquack and all of our other podcasts at thunderquack.com.